Greetings from Hannibal, Missouri. And welcome to Rivertown Review, the podcast. An informative and hopefully entertaining look at all things Hannibal. With Megan Rapp. People tend to come, visit, they like it here, they move here. And Harold Smith. In our biased viewpoint, this part of the country, this community is an excellent place to be from. And now, Rivertown Review, the podcast. And once again, we welcome you to Hannibal's original podcast. It is the Hannibal Rivertown Review. I'm Harold Smith. And I'm Megan Rapp. And this is, since we have um, passed by, which incidentally, note to self, somebody said something once we got to a a year into this, we needed to have cake. And we we haven't had cake yet. We have not. We have not. We've got to, we got to fix that. Definitely. At my kids' school today, it was muffins with moms. So I've had a Ooh. chocolate muffin, which is pra- is basically cake with no icing. Yeah, pretty much. I should have brought you one. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh. Well, that's 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 how that works sometimes. But yeah, we got to got to work on that. And kind of in observance of this, plus the fact that we're all running around our day jobs like crazy people, and we're kind of loopy to begin with, we figured with this particular edition. Uh, we looked back uh, at the 40 episodes uh, leading up to this, and uh, well, I did, but uh, you know, it, yes, you Meg- did. Megan did in spirit. Uh, <laughs> I was there in spirit. Well, and I think it was—it's also a very good point to bring up the fact that we have done 40 episodes, yeah, in a year, and holy cow! And there's some gems in there now. We know that people binge listen to podcasts, so maybe it's been almost a year since you've heard some of this stuff, and um, and we have some really great things we want to share. We have some. We have some best of. This is the the fancy word is retrospective that ah. that we're going to be doing. Uh, I've also the, heard fan favorite. Fan favorites. That's right. This will perhaps, as you say, uh, for those who maybe have just discovered us more recently and haven't gone back into the archives, the all of these. Uh, uh, these highlights here are from some of our earlier episodes. I've got a, I've, I've got a whole, I went back through and, and made a list of the basic subjects of all of the podcasts, which is way over on the other side of the building and does me no good sitting here right now. But uh, these were, these were early episodes and this will give people, uh, perhaps the incentive to go, huh, I want to listen to that whole thing. Listen to that whole thing. On the other hand, if you had listened to it, you're like, huh. I forgot that they talked about that. Yeah. Oh, that's what they're talking about. Need to go back and and listen to that again. In case you're wondering what's so special about Hannibal, all you have to do is listen to a couple of these little snippets and realize, man, there's some random alive and and dead people in Hannibal to talk about and and things going on. That's just really interesting. Yes. And, oh, before, before before I forget... I found one of our earlier episodes, we talked about famous people from Hannibal, not only real people, but fictional people as well. I found another instance of a fictional character who claimed Hannibal as their hometown. There was a movie called Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> Isn't, didn't that have Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnold Schwarzenegger was in that. <laughs> He was uh, he, he was an undercover undercover cop who wound up being a kindergarten teacher. They were uh, him and his partner were there to protect this lady who was also a teacher in that school and her son from uh, her mobster ex-husband and her uh, mother-in-law from hell. 
basically. Yeah, and uh, th- that's where the action stuff came in at the end. And they wound up being love interests. But this teacher, this lady who was the teacher that wound up being Arnold Schwarzenegger's love interest, and her name escapes me, the character and the actress, but she was from Hannibal, Missouri. The, so, the character. The character. The character, the, 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 the character was from, Hannibal, was from Missouri. Hannibal, Missouri. Yes, wound up being Arnold Schwarzenegger's love interest in the movie Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. See, you never know when when Hannibal is going to pop it, into random pop culture references. That's right. There was a there was a line that was a thread through that whole movie, but I'm not going to say it right now because it because <laughs> because it is in the if you Man. if you've seen Kindergarten Cop, you know the line that I'm talking about. That makes me feel old. Do you know when Kindergarten Cop came out? <laughs> 1990. <laughs> Oh my! Yes, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yes. you were just a child. So when I said when I just mentioned pop culture reference to a majority <laughs> of our listeners, they're probably like, "Oh, they mean ancient history because it mm. happened in 1990 and I wasn't alive yet." So sorry, folks. <sighs> yeah. Um, oh, you must be talking about Penelope Ann Miller. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That was the actress mm-hmm, that uh, played the part, and and her her character Joyce was from Hannibal Mo. Bingo. There you go. That is right. That is right. Yeah. See, and, I'm, celebrities love Hannibal or and, don't love Hannibal, <laughs> as the folks will hear uh, later yeah, that, on. That, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna get into that. That's right. Yeah, uh, we're gonna begin. Uh, we've got some. Uh, we've we've pulled some excerpts from some of our previous uh, programs, and uh, for those of you who are familiar with all of the shows, uh, you're. I'm sure you're thinking there's got to be one that you got to have in there, and trust me, it'll be in here. Just bear with us. I'm going to save that to the end. Okay. And every and, and, and Harold Mer- just wants to put the, the part in where <laughs> Megan loses it. That's, that's, that's really this. I, I thought I thought this was a great recap of, of, of the variety of, of people we've talked about. No, you just wanted to put it in where I, I just lose my mind. That's, that's only one. My, my personal vendetta with a. Yeah. quasi-famous person who doesn't yeah. know I exist, but by golly, yeah, we're going right. to take another stab at you it. You better believe it. <laughs> Every chance we get, you betcha. Uh, but our, in, this was, I know partic- I know in particular this first one, this was episode four. This was our f- the first episode where we actually had a guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend Cindy Lovell, who is, um, we, at that point, we had, she had just had the uh, original press conference talking about the Hannibal Bicentennial, Bicentennial, which is going on in 2019. And uh, the excerpt we're going to play here, uh, talking about uh, the the founding of Hannibal and uh, and the fact that Hannibal, uh, in its beginnings, people may not realize now we're we're right in the middle of the country, but we were the Western frontier. We were the Western frontier, and we were a town in a territory. Missouri wasn't a state yet. So talks a little bit about that. And then... Now, the second part, one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. I don't know what episode this was, Uh, you probably have it written down somewhere, but um, about all of the famous people that you will never meet in Hannibal, which it sounds odd. But it's because they're dead. Yeah, that'll be that'll be next. Yeah, first first Cindy Lovell, uh, our uh, episode four, talking about uh, uh, surrounding the bicentennial in the early days of Hannibal. The truth is, you know, with uh, with eight, think about eighteen nineteen, what was going on in the world at the time? I mean, uh, Missouri wasn't even a state yet. Hannibal, when it was founded, of course Moses Bates came to town. He brought slaves with him. Those slaves built the first cabin. They they built that little settlement there with him and other people who joined him in founding Hannibal. 
they picked a great spot, you know, between the two big hills there, Cardiff Hill, what would become Cardiff Hill and Lover's Leap, just the prettiest setting. But um, it was the western frontier. And that's what I always try to point out to people. When Hannibal originated, the, 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 it, was the, it was the Wild West. You know, we always think of the Wild West with, you know, Nevada and, and California and the gold rush. But this was 1819. Uh, what I teach Tom Sawyer not to make the bicentennial about Mark Twain because it's not. It's literally about those 200 years. But the, the gold rush happened while Mark Twain was a boy. Sam Clemens was a boy living in Hannibal. He moved there in um, 39 and stayed till 53. So imagine in 1849 the little town of Hannibal, watching all these people from the East Coast come, you know, crossing that river, coming through their town, heading west. A lot of Hannibalians took off and left and went out to the gold rush. So Hannibal was the frontier. It, uh, it, it, you know, as the country grew two years later, of course, Missouri would become a state. And as it continued to expand out to the coast, um, you know, Hannibal was an epicenter. Uh, the, the railroad um, was the big thing. Hannibal St. Joe Railroad um, coming into into town there. You know, Hannibal was a lively, viable city, and uh, it, it, it's just so rich. And to try to put it all in context and think of those people there in the beginning, uh, one of my favorite things to do is go back and read old newspapers. <laughs> Believe it or not, I need to get a life. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a history person. That sounds like a fantastic afternoon to me. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's so much fun to read the old newspapers and you know i was just reading one this morning about um mrs Riedel having a bridge party at her house and refreshments would be served afterward and there were five tables set up and why why is this fascinating to me today people are on facebook reading the latest crazy whatever the news is but back in the day it was more genteel and you know they reported on things like you know, bridge parties and refreshments and that there would be another gathering next week. And or that I just read where um, uh, Mrs. Garth, of course, who donated all the money for the uh, library just uh, on, on this date uh, so many years ago, uh, donated an extra 15000 to build the addition onto it. And I was just tickled to death because it must have been all that talk about books. They were going to be able to go from 20,000 books to 50,000 books. <laughs> but the, the, the author of the little article uh, said that um, the 15,000 would be used to build an addition to the library, and it was spelled E-D-I-T-I-O-N. <laughs> and it made, me, it made me laugh a He had books on the brain, and so he just decided to put in... <laughs> in addition, yes. Either that, that or... Great? Uh, and then... Uh, our next excerpt, uh, this is something, of course, uh, Megan has alluded to this. Uh, we have had, I don't want to say this was this was our, because all of our guests have been our favorite people oh, yes. that have been, uh, we've got a whole list of favorite people. And one of us uh, is our friend Donna Brown uh, from Mount Olivet Cemetery. And yeah, you, yeah, you, you coined the, the title to this show. What was it? The most, the most famous people you'll never meet. You'll never meet some, something like that. Yeah. Uh, this was also an early episode, and 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 of course Donna covered the water. I mean, you talk about a historian on all things Mount Olivet. Uh, she was, uh, you, know, you know, talk. I mean, the Clemens family, basically everybody in the Clemens family except Sam. Except yeah, except it, good old Twain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is, uh, is, they're in Mount Olivet. Mount Olivet and Admiral Kuntz, uh, for whom the armory and then the recreation center was named, is there. There are there are many others. Uh, and uh, you know, Donna covered that at length. Uh, but uh, my own uh, my own particular favorite uh, that she had told me before uh, was the uh, uh, the story of the 
the people, the guy that uh, Mizzou. Matter of fact, uh, you, your field, Furrow field. Uh, you, your husband was was impressed by the fact that uh, this was something that he didn't know. Yes. Is that Don Furrow was was buried at uh, Mount Olivet Cemetery, uh, and there lies the tale that uh, that Donna told us. Don Furrow. Mm-hmm. Mizzou football fans will know who Don Farrow is. The stadium is named after Don Farrow, and he is buried on the Helms lot. He married a young woman who was in the Helms family. Now, when I say Helms, those of you that are listening that know Hannibal know that the Helms Art Award is presented every year and has been for Oh, I, hate to, I can't even imagine how many years, but I've been out of school almost 50 years, and they were giving them then. Um, that family is there, and he's there, and I have a lot of people come. For some reason, about six months ago, somebody said, did you know John Farrell's buried at Mount Olivet <laughs> Cemetery? And I mean, then it, it was like car after car, you know, suddenly shows up at the cemetery wanting to know where Don Farrell was buried. But I, I, um, I, go, go ahead and tell there, there's something You want else. me to tell that story? Go, go right ahead. You go right ahead. <laughs> well, this I can I feel comfortable telling it because his one of his nieces told this story. He was late to his own funeral. You know how you're always joking around, you know, you're going to be late to your own funeral. <laughs> yep. Well, they had a big service in Columbia, as you might imagine. And then as they uh, were leaving, the nephews said that they would see that Uncle Don got to the cemetery. Well, this is before... You know, everybody had a cell phone in their pocket, and the boys all thought they knew where they were going. Mm. But they took the, quote, shortcut and went across 54 straight to Louisiana, Missouri. Whoops. And when they got to to the Mississippi, and then, you know, (laughs) that was it. Well, they they finally showed up at Mount Olivet nearly an hour and a half late. (laughs) (laughs) So that is, that's the... The family story of being late to your own funeral for Don Tavaro. Thank you for joining us for the Hannibal Rivertown Review Podcast. We'll get back to the show in just a moment. We want to remind you that if you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Also, for comments and suggestions, you can email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com and visit us at rivertownreview.com and Rivertown Review on Facebook. Moving along, as our retrospective continues here on uh, episode 40 plus one of the Rivertown Review podcast, um, this, if, there are, if there, are, there are people that we can just have sit down behind a mic and just give them a subject. You can and, kind of kick your feet up. And be, exactly. We can go down to the Becky Thatcher and, and get, get, the, get the blue plate special and just get on with it. And, and we say that with all, with all love and, and respect for our friend Lisa Marks. Uh, she was on with us for two early episodes, uh, one of which was the first one of which was just basically because we talk a lot about people who could live anywhere and choose, choose to live here. Uh, and uh, Lisa and Ken fall into that category. But uh, one of the things uh, I get, I get the idea that she really didn't know. Well, she, she told us that in the, the, the second of the, her, 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 her visits with us. I will spit it out in a moment. Uh, didn't know much about Molly Brown. Uh, but she learned about uh, Molly, although in this conversation never called her Molly because she was never called Molly. Just one of the many misconceptions that Lisa illuminates, elucidates, ir- um, ir- 
um, yeah. and, and other big fancy words, she tells <laughs> us the facts by Galley. Yes, the uh, yeah, they of course talked about her time on the Titanic uh, and talked about the many misconceptions there are about Margaret Tobin Brown. And nothing, nothing against the the musical. No, but <laughs> that kind of helped with some of these misconceptions. She sets the story straight. She One would, misconception, she was never called Molly Brown in her lifetime. Nope. Uh, she was called Mrs. J.J. Brown or Margaret by her by her family. Um, Molly Brown was a... Molly is a euphemism for an Irish lass. And so when they decided to write this uh, play in the 1960s to recreate her life... Margaret didn't rhyme very well. And so then they thought, oh, Molly, she was a Molly, right? An Irish lass. So they called her Molly Brown, and that's how the name stuck. So actually, that was a, an invention, a theatrical invention in the 1960s. Which, which pretty much describes the basic plot of the whole thing. You talk about inventions. Uh, is, is there, other, I had other, a- other than the fact that it happened in Colorado, that's about it, isn't it? Well, let me explain how far-fetched this movie is there's not one frame of that film that is accurate in the movie right then i know and i said that to a lady at one of my performances once and she almost cried she's like that's my favorite movie of all time you can't tell me that in the movie she is you see a six-month-old baby floating down the colorado river in a wooden cradle and the backstory is that there's this crazy flood in colorado and that her parents have died and she's unsinkable so she's in this wooden cradle floating down the river and a mountain man plucks her to safety and raises her as this hellcat in the mountains uneducated uncouth can't speak decent english thinks she's a tomboy none of that could be further from the truth i mean nothing about hannibal no no hannibal and i watched the movie going oh i can't wait to see what they say about hannibal nothing nothing Nothing. She started in Colorado. I had an argument once with a man from Denver who absolutely told me, he said, no, she was born in Denver. I said, honey, I'm going to take you by the hand and walk three blocks around the street and I'm going to show you the house that she was born in. <laughs> it's amazing that people just do not understand that she's from Han- I lived in Missouri my whole life. I didn't know she was from Hannibal until I moved here, you know? Sure. So that's a big misconception there, a big one. So we've got the fact that she was never called Molly. Molly, never called Molly. Actually was from Hannibal. Yeah, really was from Hannibal. And that's one of the biggest stories to tell. The, the, the whole movie, there's there's a misconception. Well, here's right another there. one about the that's movie. 2.5. And it, the whole okay. movie. Well, one thing about the movie that everybody brings up and they ask me, so this probably should be number three, is did she really burn the money in the stove? The answer is, <laughs> of course not. Because money back then would be gold and silver. And you, even if you threw it in the fire, it wouldn't burn. And so, no, she did not burn the fortune in the stove. That is another misconception about Mrs. Brown. The other thing is this. Even in James Cameron's Titanic, as much as I love Kathy Bates, and God love Kathy Bates because as big as I am, I couldn't play Molly Brown if it weren't for Kathy Bates. If I had to look like Debbie Reynolds, I'd never get away with this. Or, or Reba McIntyre. was supposed to be Reba, Reba McIntyre. Yeah, her yeah, cute little redhead self. So. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a Kathy Bates type, just so for you popcasters can kind of get a visual. Mm. Kathy Bates, even her, she plays Molly as kind of a gall darn kind of a girl who's uncouth and and that they kind of shy away from her when they when she comes for tea, that they don't really want to be associated with her. There is absolutely nothing that could be further from the truth. Everything I have learned about Molly is that she was so well embraced by society. She was eccentric. She was crazy and wild and fun, but they loved her. 
And she was the best dressed at every party. It was in the society papers in Newport, Rhode Island, that people waited with bated breath to see what she was going to wear. And not because it was so outlandish and crazy. It was because it was so elegant and beautiful. The other thing is, is that she spoke very well. She was hanging out with Alva Vanderbilt and John Jacob Astor IV. So I think what she had the ability to do, and this makes her even more of a remarkable person, every year of her life, she came back to Hannibal to visit family. She traveled to Missouri. She loved St. Louis. I think she could travel in these circles, come home, and get back into the vernacular of being an Irish lass from over on Dinkler's Alley. But then when she went back to Newport, she could assume the role of a high society hostess and perform beautiful parties and functions and would fit into that society just as equally well as anybody else on the planet. And that was a very important thing. Another thing that I think is really important for people to know about Maya is a bit of a misconception is that she was probably one of the most generous, hardworking fundraisers of anybody that's ever lived. She went to every first class friend she had and was constantly begging them for money so that she could build orphanages, so that she could build juvenile detention centers for young boys so that they didn't get thrown in prison with grown men. Uh, she, her, her brother died very young. She raised her three nieces as if they were her own. And this is all on a single lady's stipend that she was getting from a an estranged husband. I mean, it wasn't as though she had great wealth, but I think she had a great way of managing what she did have, maximizing it out, putting herself in places to where she was with the right people and made her case to what the causes that she believed in and got people on board with her and they helped her. And I think that was a big thing. And now... <laughs> <laughs> because we couldn't let the sleeping dog lie. That's right. We gotta poke. We gotta poke that. Poke that one more time. Gotta kick that dead horse. Oh, just, just once more. Yes, I'm. I'm sorry. This is that. This is my personal favorite. <laughs> I'm, I'm. And I. And I apologize for that. There was. There was an instance a number of years ago, uh, and the the um, I didn't get the the entire excerpt to to use this uh because to to because you set it up originally as saying basically val kilmer we're talking about val kilmer and and this is going to get everybody's attention that remembers that he was your teenage heartthrob oh just you, you know every teenage girl and and guy have that 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 might be a singer might be an actor that just oh my goodness i don't even know if they put posters on walls still but you know mm. just seen all the movies or you own all of the the albums whatever the coolest of the cool that that yes exactly that was oh man he's gonna come to hannibal because he was going to start portraying mark twain and of course in order to portray mark twain you've got to come to the places that inspired mark twain mm -hmm. and so and part fundraiser for the Mark Twain Museum. And, and she's going to sit here and tell the whole story again. I'm not going to tell the whole story. <laughs> because... I'm setting it up. Okay. All right. Okay. You, you know, coming, okay. coming to Hannibal back a million years ago didn't mm. quite go as planned. And so you get to once again hear <laughs> Megan vent her spleen about... Yeah. How that happened. Yeah, the only the only good thing about that, you said at the time that you weren't sure you had, had had quite enough caffeine at that point to properly do it, which is just as well. You did just fine anyhow. <laughs> 
I love that this is Harold's favorite episode because just Megan goes off the rails about something that's just so silly. And everybody and everybody that knows Megan well is going, yep, yeah, that's right, that's right. Let's let's listen. So, Malcolmer has started portraying. Um, he has had a woman, one man play portraying Mark Twain, and he was going to. Um, do a um, some some acting workshops at a university in Fulton, of course, known for another famous person, you know, Winston Churchill, who gave the Iron Curtain speech yep. in Fulton, at um, which is now um, you know they have the Winston Churchill um, Memorial at at Westminster. At Westminster, yes. And so Al Kilmore's coming to Westminster to do some workshops and things, but because it was so close to Hannibal, yep. he was going to. Visit Hannibal, of course, being the home of Mark Twain. If you are an um, a method actor, so to sure. speak, you want to see the places. Makes sense. And had also agreed to do a fundraiser for the Mark Twain Boyhood Home Ooh. and Museum. Do kind of like a, a. I don't even think it was a dinner, but it was like a. Um, you know, you you bought tickets that you know were not were not cheap. Yeah. But it was like it was like an evening with. Val Kilmer, and he was going to talk about like the process of like you know why he became fascinated with Mark Twain and like what he's planning on doing with the character and you know all this and stuff. And of course, now by this time I'm no longer a teenager. You know, yeah. I'm wife, I'm mother. I cannot believe that Val Kilmer is going to be in Hannibal, Missouri. Just went gaga, and yeah. I was so excited. Sure, I was so excited. As well, you should be. I mean, you know, I don't. Go to, you know, California and New York and, you know, nope. actor type things. Just got to wait, wait for those folks to come here. Because, you know, a ton of them do. I say, I say with my eyes rolled. But, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so I was, I was so excited to purchase tickets. Me and my husband were going to go. It was going to be a, a night out. Holy cow. Yep. It's going to be so cool. I'll get to have my, you know, picture taken with Val Kilmer. Yep. How cool is that? Amazing. Day went on, and well, with my other job too, I, I, I had to make sure, you know, I'm like, okay, we, do we need to do anything? Do we need to, you know, because of course, you know, police and, have to be notified. You know, when, yeah. when somebody of of any notoriety comes to town, you know, yeah. the local people, you know, you got to make know, sure all the proper the people know. And, yes, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he was supposed to be here at 10. Now it looks like he's coming at 11. Okay. Well, I was supposed to be here at 11, now it looks like 1.30. I mean, it was an evening thing, so, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, well, I thought he was supposed to be, you know, researching Mark Twain. Like, that's why you come to Hannibal. If you're going to be Mark Twain, you should probably mm. see where he grew up. Yeah, so you shouldn't just wander in and do the thing wander and then leave. Wander in and leave. Yeah. Mm. Finally, about 4 o'clock, <laughs> three hours before this thing was supposed to start... Some of his people oh, no. called the museum, and apparently he just wasn't feeling it. Just, just wasn't wasn't feeling it. Wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Did they act? What was was that? What, what did they? I'm sure they had some kind of official spin or something. No, that, that was that no, was it. He just wasn't feeling it. He, he I mean that that's uh, unfortunately I believe that's what they told the museum and now the museum 
of course, you know, unfortunately, you know, our, our guests will not be, you know, we'll be happy to, you know, refund the money, which is, uh, you know, I, I just, I, w- I was hoping that people would be like, well, you know, it goes to a good cause. It goes to the home, you know, Mark Twain home. Just yeah, keep the, just, yeah. but you know, so then they had an insane headache on their hands. Well, of course. Not to mention a couple of people had flown from other <sighs> places. I mean, you know, I I thought that I was excited to see Val Kilmer. There were people that had flown from like Colorado and other places to see this thing Uh, at the museum. Yeah. So after that, and then in in other in discussions with other people that that had the um, (laughs) opportunity to work with him. While he was at the college, hmm. I I don't think it's an overstatement to say that Val Kilmer is now dead to me. Ah. Yes. Wait till yes. wait till word gets back to Val. <laughs> <laughs> it will. It will. He will be devastated, <gasps> as well he should be. By golly, yes. You know I could not believe that if you are supposed to be coming here to get inspiration for your character because you want to do Mark Twain, you know, the way Mark Twain, you know, so you go and you do this research. I wasn't feeling it. I, I, don't, I don't know if, like, the, I don't know, crystals were off that day uh, or, you know, yeah. the moon was in the... yeah. Seventh house Sun. and Pluto was lined up with you. No, never mind. I'm not going to say that because uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Who knows? But yeah, just just wasn't wasn't feeling it. Okay, so there, so there you have it. Those were our the, the first things that kind of uh, crossed our path as we kind of uh, went back. And and it's good to uh, to to take a look back uh, at these things. One thing going back to um, Lisa Marks to her to her. Um, uh, Story, story about about Margaret, about Margaret Tobin Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, something occurred to me as I'm going back and listening to this, and Lisa's, Lisa talks about um, how, uh, among the misconceptions, uh, that Molly Brown is portrayed as this down-home, golly-gee, aw-shucks, uh, hillbilly for all intents and purposes. Yeah, all he needs is the granny on the roof with the rocker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And But she was somebody... Uh, she was best friends with the Vanderbilts and the Astors and and people like that. And she, but when, but she would always come back to Hannibal every year. She knew where she came from, but she could walk, she could walk these streets and she could walk the streets of high society, uh, both equally comfortably. She did not forget her past. She did not try to brush it under the rug. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it occurs to me and I've, you know, I tend, I've talked about this before. I tend to overanalyze things a lot of times. So we get along so well. uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're both into over, over analysis. Uh, As long as you don't get into the paralysis of analysis, that's, that's, that's something else again. Otherwise we wouldn't be here with this podcast. That's one of the things we agreed on when we first started doing this, that we weren't going to talk it to death. We were going to do it or we were, well, we were going to do it. But I say all of that to say that, that, in, in our lives, uh, 
I mean, we, I mean, you're, you're a farm girl, you're a country girl. I was a, I was a country guy. You're, we're both from, you know, our roots are in Pike County. I kind of swung between the two Pike counties. You're mainly, you know, Pike County, Missouri. Missouri. Uh, but I'd say we probably fall into that category too. I mean, uh, we've, we've had to run in some pretty fast circles. Uh, over the years, uh, you know, in uh, whether it's uh, whether it's marketing, whether it's broadcasting, whatever it might be, you know, we've we've had to. Uh, and my my wife falls in that category as well. She's a minister, uh, but uh, you know, her roots are are in in the in the rural areas as well. Uh, and she's she's one of those. If 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 she is in a church setting where there needs to be the robes and the pomp and the circumstance, she can do that. But if the setting is the liar's table at the local cafe she'll put on the sweatshirt and the jeans and she'll get the co- the black coffee and she'll go and she'll give just as good as she gets. I think that you have hit on something that we have hit on in many episodes and that is the unique thing about not only Hannibal but also the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You know, people if they come from from an area that is not the Midwest, they'll say, you know, people are so nice and people, you know, people are just, you know, so warm. You know, Maybe part of that is the ability to know where you're from, be proud of 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 what you've accomplished, be proud of where you're from, and and going forward, you have of course you have successful careers, um, but you don't get put on put on airs for lack of a better term. You know you can fit in just as well while you're interviewing some. You know, public official if or having, senator. Having, having interviewed everybody from Hal Holbrook to Kenny Rogers to to uh, to Jay Nixon uh, to to uh, Kit Bond uh, and and all in between. Uh, but exactly. also you cross paths with the folks on the other end of the microphone uh, along the way. You get to cross paths with those folks too. And, and I don't know about you, but you know, if, if we ever reach a point where we do start to forget where we came from, I, I don't know, but you, I got people in my life who, when they see that in me, they will, they'll say, wait a minute, hold on. Oh. I know where you came from. Oh, so. most definitely. And, and, and not, not in a way of, you know, dragging you down. But no, no, just, no. Uh, you know, just like a, hey, you know, you kind of, re- you know, remember, you remember your, your roots and you're doing your, your area proud. You're doing your family proud, your community. And, um, and yeah, you know, because uh, like in my world, you know, taking around writers from, you know, the New York Times sure. or someone from National Geographic or um, scouting David Fincher, who uh, is a, you know, a huge director in in um, in, in movies, um, the Gone Girl, which was filmed in Cape Girardeau. Mm-hmm. You know, I took the scout for that because you know, they were looking at possibly filming in Hannibal. I mean, you do that one day, and then one day, you know, you're dealing with oh, a, a pipe breaks in the office. <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah. So I think adaptability is obviously um, something that Margaret. Tobin Brown um, possessed definitely something that Sam Clemens possessed. A lot of the people that come from Hannibal come from this area. You're, you know, it makes for a well-rounded human being. And I'm going to butcher it, but Mark Twain said, you know, you have he had um, Missouri morals and genetic culture, and that makes a perfect man. And I think we just kind of illustrate that. You know, you you come from you come from this uh, a rural area, and yet you can. You know, seamlessly go in between and amongst 
a variety of people and enjoy yourself immensely no matter where you are. So at the so at the end of all of this, that that is our moral for for the day. Don't don't forget. Don't uh, get above your raisin. Yeah. Remember. <laughs> don't ever don't ever forget where you came from. Yeah. Exactly. And and with that, uh, there is there is more to come. We have put a put a year in the books. Uh, but we we ain't anywhere close to done yet. It, oh, we have so many more people and so many more things to talk about. And um, one of the one of the goals again, we always say, if you haven't been to Hannibal, we want you to come visit. If you have been, we want you to come back. Um, if you're looking for a place to relocate, really think of Hannibal. And I would add, after this episode, if you are from Hannibal or from the Hannibal area, we hope that we have giving you enough information about some of the great things going on here, some of the great people that have been from here to give you a sense of pride in place. So, you know, you have a lot to be proud of from this area and um, we're just, we're going to keep on going. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being there. Uh, And we will keep being here as long as you're there, if that makes any sense at all. And uh, that will do it. I'm Harold Smith. And I'm Megan Rapp. And thank you for joining us and see you next time. Thank you for joining us for Rivertown Review, the podcast. For more information on all things Hannibal, visit our website, rivertownreview.com. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com. And be sure and join Megan and Harold next time for Rivertown Review, the podcast.